Welcome to the Travel Therapy Mentor Podcast, your number one source for travel therapy information and education, hosted by travel physical therapist duo Jared and Whitney. Join us every other week on Facebook Live to learn about a new travel therapy topic or listen to the replay right here on our podcast. If you're new to travel therapy and ready to get started, contact us to get connected with the travel therapy recruiters and companies we recommend by visiting TravelTherapyMentor.com slash recruiters. Again, that's TravelTherapyMentor.com slash recruiters. If you're ready to remove the guesswork and jumpstart your travel therapy career, let us teach you step-by-step everything you need to know to get started and to be financially successful as a traveler by enrolling in our comprehensive travel therapy course titled Becoming a Financially Successful Travel Therapist. You can visit TravelTherapyMentor.com course and use the discount code TRAVEL to save $150 on our course. Again, that's TravelTherapyMentor.com course and the discount code is TRAVEL. And if you're looking for the best way to get your CEUs online as a traveler who's always on the go, you can use our discount code to get the best rate on an annual MedBridge subscription, which is where we get all of our online CEUs. Use code FIFTHWHEELPT, that's F-I-F-T-H-W-H-E-E-L-P-T, for the discount, all one word. And last, if you're interested in getting started with credit card hacking to take advantage of free or low-cost travel like we do, check out our top credit card recommendations for travelers at TravelTherapyMentor.com credit. Again, that's TravelTherapyMentor.com credit. All right, and now on to this week's episode. Hey everyone. Hey guys. Welcome to another Travel Therapy Mentor video. Tonight we're doing an August job update. We didn't do July, but um, things just continue to get better. Um, the last one of these we did was in June. That was a great time. Things are better than June. So we want to talk about what the market's looking like now, talk about some of the numbers in terms of open jobs, talk about pay rates, and talk about some advice we would have if you're considering traveling right now. So if you're either a new grad graduating thinking about travel or if you're a permanent therapist thinking about leaving your job to travel some considerations right now because it is great but there are some uh, there's some things you need to consider for sure so Whitney's gonna introduce us I'm gonna get this video shared in a few different groups all right hey everybody my name is Whitney Aiken and I'm Jared Cazazzo and we're both traveling doctors of physical therapy many of you guys may know us as the faces behind the travel therapy mentor page and I know a lot of you guys have probably tuned in in the past for our um, semi-weekly videos uh, these days they're more like bi-weekly every other week or so. Every now and then videos. <laughs> We've been doing a lot of traveling. We're in Hawaii right now. Um, I just finished a travel PT contract in Hawaii and now we're traveling around to some of the other islands for vacation. Um, but again, thank you guys that have joined us for our videos in the past and if it's your first time watching, welcome and thanks for joining us. We hope you'll join us again for future videos. We've been trying to do these job market updates um, every other month or so since the beginning of the pandemic and keep you up to date on the trends that we're seeing. Um, as many of you guys may know, we've been in the travel therapy industry for about six years now and we keep in close communication with a lot of different recruiters and staffing companies. So we're able to gather a lot of data and information to teach you guys about the trends that are going on and give you some advice and some perspective, um, especially for those of you that are thinking about getting into traveling for the first time, deciding if it's the right time for you or not. Um, those of you that have been travelers in the past, maybe you took some time off from traveling and you're wondering when's a good time to get back in, those sorts of things. Um, and then also advice for current travelers when it comes to like your job negotiations and where you stand with the market. So we hope that tonight will be informative for you guys. Um, for those of you guys that are tuning in with us uh, live on Facebook Live, we'd love if you'd say hello in the comments. 
I know a lot of you guys will also watch later on the Facebook replay, so if you want to type hashtag replay in the comments, um, and I know some of you guys will also listen later on our podcast. Um, so thank you to everyone, whether you're listening live or not. I see Jenny is on, Jeff, hey Nikki, Mackenzie, hi Nick, thanks for joining, hey Jeff, hey Dominique, hey Steven, thank you guys for tuning in live. Um, Jeff, long time no see on the travel therapy videos. Good to see you there. Hope all is well in Northern Virginia. Jeff's all hyped up about cryptocurrency prices. <laughs> um, hi, Jennifer. Thanks for joining. Some familiar faces, some new faces here. We'd love to hear if you guys are students, if you're clinicians, PTs, OTs, SLPs, PTAs, CODAs. Um, let us know if you're thinking about getting into traveling, if you've been a traveler before, if you're a, a new grad that's thinking about travel, kind of comparing and contrasting travel versus perm. We get a ton of students and new grads that reach out to us. They're trying to decide if it's a good thing for them or not. Um, so yeah, let us know where you're at in this whole process. Jared's just sharing our video in a couple of groups so that more people can tune in live and then we'll hop into the update. Jenny says, hi, I'm new to your group. This is my first assignment. Thank you for any information. Awesome, Jenny, I hope that's going well. Mackenzie says, hello. Jennifer is a PTA halfway through her first travel contract. That's awesome. Jenny's an SLP. Um, all right, guys, thanks so much. Uh, Relly says, first traveling job starting on Monday. Congrats and good luck. Hi, Laura. All right, guys, um, so let's jump into what's kind of been going on and let you know the scoop. All right, so yeah, like I said, things could not have been any different from last August to this August. Last August was awful, there was no travel jobs, there was a lot of uncertainty. Um, slowly, that has gotten better month over month. So we've been doing these updates for over a year now, and you know, if you guys have been watching, we're a little bit more excited every video, which is uh, pretty awesome. Usually we're doing these every month or every two months. Um, so it's gotten better and better. June, significantly better than even June was. And we were really excited in June. We were almost back to um, pre-pandemic levels, which was amazing. Now we're seeing more jobs in some cases than even prior to the PDPM, PDGM changes, depending on what company we're talking to. So in six years of traveling, this is probably some of the most jobs we've ever seen, which is crazy. And then pay rates also are doing really well. Um, but Depending on the company we talk to, it really depends on what they're seeing. Um, some jobs are paying really high. Some jobs are still back to where you know where they were before. So we're seeing some pay rates for jobs, specifically specifically like skilled nursing, um, that are still fairly low. And then we've seen some jobs that are insane right now. There are California jobs paying in the upper two thousands per week. Um, some in the low three thousands per week, and that's that's pretty much unheard of um, for therapists, right? Um, for at least as long as we've been traveling, but probably forever. Um, we have some recruiters that have, been, that have been working for 10 years or so, and they've never seen pay rates you know, in the $3,000 range that aren't crisis jobs or strike jobs or something like that. Yeah, so for any of you guys that have tuned in in our past job market updates, you'll probably know that we've, we'll try to compare things to like how it was in 2019 before COVID, but also before um, when Medicare put out these changes that were called PDPM and PDGM. We kind of use that pre-COVID and pre-PDGM and PDPM time as like our baseline. But something that Jared and I often talk about is it's hard to know whether things will ever go back to exactly how they were before those Medicare changes. Um, we've been in the travel therapy industry for six years and between 2015 and 2019, things were pretty steady. They were pretty good for all disciplines throughout that whole four or five year 
time frame. Um, so in our experience, it was like, wow, it's like always awesome to be a travel therapist, especially a PT and OT and SLP. It kind of ebbed and flowed back then for um, CODAs and, and PTAs. But from talking to older therapists and recruiters that have been around for 10 plus years, there have been times in the past where Medicare put out some changes and it changed the way that staffing worked for permanent jobs and for travel jobs. And that's kind of like what happened at the end of 2019, beginning of 2020, even before COVID, when Medicare put out these changes that primarily affected the skilled nursing setting and the home health setting, it really changed and it could change, you know, for the foreseeable future, how staffing is gonna work for those settings. So we don't know for sure that even if COVID weren't a factor, if it'll ever go back to exactly like how um, the big plethora of jobs and the high pay rates that it was before, but we kind of use that as our baseline with the caveat that we, we are seeing and we are hearing that some of the SNF rates are still low and there aren't as many SNF jobs. And we have some um, conjecture about why that might be. We think, you know, one, the PDPM and PDGM changes, but we were also talking today saying that maybe during COVID, a lot of people who worked in like outpatient and hospitals and some settings that got laid off, they might've gone to skilled nursing facilities and kind of stayed in those jobs because the skilled nursing facilities didn't shut down, you know, they were still in operations, whereas some outpatient clinics literally closed their doors for a while. Yeah, um, with those Medicare changes, um, that that has a big impact on the market. We, we saw, I think PDPM went into effect in like October, 2019. PDGM was like December or January of 2020. Um, and that really impacted the travel market. I think it was down like 50% for a while. Um, people were really upset. Travelers couldn't find jobs. Recruiters were struggling to get people placed. It was a tough time. And, uh, and COVID hit at probably the worst time because the market was just starting to recover. Uh, literally two days before they declared a state of emergency, one of our uh, Basically, the manager of our recruiters at one of our companies sent us a message and was like, we're seeing all these jobs, send us all your travelers. And we were like, uh, I don't think it's going to work out. And, and then obviously, right after that, everything tanked and there was, there was no jobs. So these things back to back had such a massive impact on the market that we weren't sure if it would ever recover. And travel, I mean, the, uh, the recruiters, the companies, they weren't sure if it was ever going to recover. Some of the companies were near bankruptcy. So it was a really tough time. And to see the market back to where it is now, uh, it's amazing. Like I would have not thought at the beginning of this year we would be in a position where we're seeing pay rates higher than two years ago. It, it's really amazing. Yeah, we're super pleased. So we want to give you um, a further breakdown between like the disciplines and talking about some of the job numbers and the pay rates. So overall, from talking to about you know ten different companies or so, they're all saying that right now is the best time for PT and for SLP. There's just a plethora of jobs. In fact, PT jobs are even higher than they were in 2019. So if you're a PT, it's a really great time to be a traveler right now. And then SLP has honestly remained strong throughout the pandemic. They never even really took a hit the way that some of the other disciplines did. So SLP is still really strong. For whatever reason, OT isn't quite as strong as PT and SLP. Um, it's still, it's just kind of lagged behind this whole time. And we don't have a really good explanation for that. Um, so we're not totally sure. OT is still pretty good. It's close to back to where it was in 2019, but still not great. Um, so OTs do have a little bit higher competition for jobs, but basically for PT and SLP, there's way more jobs right now than there are therapists looking for travel jobs, which puts all of us uh, PTs and SLPs in a great position to be able to negotiate and be able to be more picky and more selective when we're looking at travel therapy jobs. Yeah, so uh, shout out to John Sally. I saw he was in here. Um, I haven't talked to you in forever. How's the PT world treating you? 
Um, but so in terms of jobs and the supply and demand that we've seen, so for a long time there, there's a lot of therapists looking, there's not many jobs, the pay rates were decreasing during COVID. Um, even during the recovery, pay rates were down one or $200 a week, less than what they were before. Um, because facilities could get away with that. They know if they've got a ton of applicants, they don't need to pay a lot of money to get a traveler there. Um, that has completely shifted now. If you guys pay attention to our hot jobs list on the website, some of those jobs have been on there for two or three weeks. That's a really good thing because that means those jobs sitting open, the facilities have to raise their rates to incentivize travelers to take those jobs. And that's what we're seeing is bill rates are going up, which means that the travel companies are able to pay higher rates to the travelers. And uh, you know, weekly take-home pays are spiraling up. The longer these jobs sit open, um, the higher the pay rates go. And uh, that has been awesome to see. So yeah, we went from probably $200 a week down from the average during COVID to probably two or $300 above what it used to be now. So there's been this huge shift in pay and uh, a lot of travelers, a lot of even new grads getting really high paying jobs, which was impossible six months ago. Yeah, and that's um, for most jobs. Again, they're saying that the sniffs are still staying pretty much status quo. They're not necessarily low. They're just kind of where they, they always have been. So we're seeing a lot of sniff jobs for PT, OT, and SLP still in that like 1400 to 1600 range, which sucks. But um, that's just kind of where they're at. And a lot of these sniff companies just don't have the budget to raise them, and they're not willing to. Um, whereas we're seeing like a ton of outpatient jobs paying so much. We, we had a contract um, our about the toward the end of our very first year traveling. It was probably like our third or fourth travel PT contract in a place called Brockton, Massachusetts, which is like uh, about an hour south of Boston. And back then, um, outpatient PT, we were making like 1600 a week, pretty average. We were really happy with that. Super happy with that. And that's like a normal amount. We saw a job in Brockton, Massachusetts for like $2,200 a week outpatient. And we were like, what the heck? Yeah. Um, so it's not just California. Like it's definitely a lot of the California jobs that you're going to see those 2000 plus pay rates. But even I've seen like, I saw one in South Carolina for 2000 plus and Massachusetts and so forth. So there's some jobs that are paying really high. And then there's some of them that are just paying kind of your average, like 1500 to 1800 a week. Yeah. And Jenny says, is this throughout the country? Yeah, it really is. Uh, and that's that's kind of a weird thing because it used to only be that you would see these $2,000 a week plus jobs in California. That was pretty much it. You would see sometimes in Alaska or Washington State or you know higher cost of living areas. It was really rare to see that in the middle of the country or on the East Coast. But now we're seeing those jobs paying 2000 to 2300 all over the country, which is really, really cool to see. Yeah. So that's kind of for the PT, the OT, and the SLP. Jobs are pretty plentiful for the most part. Pay is really up. Unfortunately, we're hearing that the PTA and the CODA market is just not coming back as strong as the others. I will say it's a lot better than what it was during COVID because there was honestly a time for PTAs and CODAs where there were zero jobs in the whole country, maybe up to 10 jobs in the entire country available, um, any state for PTA and CODA. So it's not back to where it used to be in 2019, but it is a little bit better than that. So we have definitely heard of more PTAs and CODAs being able to find travel jobs. I mean, we have a couple that are tuning into the video right now. Um, we've seen more PTAs and, get, and CODAs getting placed than like the whole last year and a half, but still not quite as good as pre-COVID. And the ones that are able to get placed are the ones that have more experience, that, ha that are holding more state licenses, are willing to go to more settings, and just overall not being as picky. Like our friend George, who's, who's a travel PTA, he's maintained consistent employment when he wanted to be employed pretty much throughout COVID. Um, but he has a lot of state licenses, he has several years of experience, and he's willing to go where the jobs are. And that's kind of what it's like right now for the assistant market. And again, I think a lot of it is 
the assistant market has always been heavy in skilled nursing facilities. That's like the majority of um, PTA and CODA jobs are skilled nursing. And I'm wondering with the PDPM changes, if they've just not, not been hiring as many assistants as they used to, just trying to get by with their PTs and OTs. Yeah, the skilled nursing numbers are definitely down and that I think definitely was impacted by PDPM. Um, there's also assistant jobs pretty often in home health and those seem to be rebounding. So a lot of the, the assistant jobs that we are seeing and especially the ones that are pretty high paying are home health. So there's some like California assistant jobs paying $1,800 a week or more, which was way higher than, than what it used to be. So it's getting better and better um, for all disciplines. OT assistants lagging behind slightly, but still improving. Um, PT is just uh, soaring right now. Yeah. Um, now, as far as new grads, I know we have a ton of new grads out there that watch and want to know what's going on. We've been hearing that the market is the absolute best for new grads that it's been in a long time. And this goes back to the supply and demand because there's just not as many travelers out there, as many therapists out there looking for these jobs. So while, of course, facilities would usually prefer to have someone that, ha that has experience, they've been a lot more willing to accept travelers that are new grads because they don't have any other applicants. And I know I don't mean to make that sound bad. We were all new grads at some point. But of course, facilities, if they have a, um, a really experienced candidate over a new grad, they usually choose the experienced candidate. Yeah. But if it puts a lot of the... Um, you know, puts it in your favor, the ball in your court, if you are a new grad and there's no other applicants, you're like, oh yeah, I'm gonna get my foot in the door and I'm gonna get that experience that they say I need, right? Like, how do you get it if you don't get a job? But um, with that said, it's definitely a great time. As a new grad, you're gonna have a leg up, whereas for the whole last year and a half, it was a really tough market for new grads. Yeah, there was probably six or seven months where no new grads got placed. Um, the, all the new grads that we mentor, no one was getting placed. Now we've seen a ton getting placed recently. Uh, we can say for sure that this is probably the best time ever to travel as a new grad, at least in our six years, but even probably before that, because there's just so many jobs. Uh, there's not many people applying for these jobs. And if you're a new grad and you're able to, you know, sound competent in the interview and, and you sound like professional and, you know, people are, these managers are willing to consider a new grad now where they might not have three months ago. Mm -hmm. And not only that, we've been hearing a lot of new grads getting super high pay rates too, because it used to be sometimes a strategy that, and it still is, sometimes a strategy that recruiters will use to try to give you a leg up as a new grad is they'll actually submit you at a lower rate because in the circumstance where um, the hiring manager is looking at two different candidates, of course they might want the one that has more experience, but say the one that has less experience is willing to take the job at a lower bill rate, at a lower um, pay rate, they might be like, well, we could probably get by with a new grad if, the, if we don't have to pay them as much. Um, so that there's a big debate about that quite often where people are like, well, as a new grad, it doesn't necessarily mean you should make less. It doesn't mean you should make less, but there are some, you know, situations where the facility will be willing to hire you yeah. if you're willing to take it forward. Yeah, less. you have to think about it realistically. If there's two candidates uh, and the facility has a full caseload and one person's a new grad and the, another person has five years experience, they're always going to go with the person with more experience because they know they're way more likely to be able to hit the ground running. Whereas the new grad, some are wonderful, some need a little bit more help and you can't know that as a hiring manager so you have to realize that um, when the job market's tight usually new grads are going to make less because the recruiters are submitting them at lower rates trying to get them any job and a lot of new grads are okay with that i mean i would rather make 1400 a week than not have a job and most people feel that way as well but with that said um, what i was getting at is now because of just the supply and demand there's so many jobs open and they're all looking for therapists that even the new grads are making sometimes 1900 plus so you have more of an opportunity to get in there get your foot in the door at even some of these higher paying jobs so you don't definitely don't necessarily have to make less right now as a new grad 
Um, in addition to that, in terms of settings, um, we've definitely heard there's been an increase in home health. health. Home health seems to have been on the rise all through COVID. And again, just kind of some speculation there. Maybe it's because more um, patients are wanting to be seen in their home rather than you know stay in the hospital or stay in the skilled nursing facility as long or go to an outpatient clinic. Um, that's one shift that we could see maybe with, um, with COVID. So it just seems like home health jobs are on the rise. Yeah, and also it seems like acute care, people that are in the hospital, they're trying to get them out quicker. And that means more home health therapists. So there has been definitely more home health than probably ever before. We see a lot of home health jobs and they're paying really high. Yep. Um, as far as other job trends, um, I see, P.S., I see a lot of you guys are asking questions. We are going to take all your questions at the end. So if you have questions that come up throughout the video, please put them in the comment section and we will answer all of them at the end. Also, if you guys are getting value out of this video, if you're watching it live or on the replay, we would love if you'd hit the thumbs up button. Um, if you have a friend that needs to hear this information, you could tag them in the comments or share the video so they can hear it too. Um, if you have a friend who's thinking about getting into travel therapy, we appreciate you guys. Um, so some other trends that we asked our recruiters about that you guys might be interested in are whether or not the facilities are still guaranteeing hours and whether or not there's been a lot of cancellations. So most facilities are um, still guaranteeing hours about like they were pre-COVID. For a while there with COVID, they weren't really guaranteeing hours because there was a lot of uncertainty about the job market, about their need for um, staffing and the caseload. Now, keep in mind when we talk about any of this stuff, every single contract is very different than another contract. So there were some that were not guaranteeing any hours, some that were guaranteeing 40, everything in between. We're mostly talking about averages, what the companies are seeing over time. Absolutely, so now we're kind of back to like normal times where there's some contracts that are guaranteeing 40 hours again, and then there's still a lot of facilities, especially skilled nursing, that pretty much always used to only guarantee between 32 and 36 hours so we're kind of back to like the status quo with that but it's good to have at least a 32 hour guarantee that means that they're anticipating there's going to be enough work for you to be able to complete your contract now in terms of cancellations things are pretty much back to normal there. pretty minimal cancellations from the facility which means that their staffing is maintained pretty consistent and in terms of the of you guys that are wondering about job security all these things like having guaranteed hours not having your contract canceled, those are super important because you don't want to commit to move across the country to a job only to have your hours cut or have cancellations happen. So these are really good trends for us to see. Something interesting that um, the recruiters did tell us, and this is getting in a little bit into like the COVID um, surge and how this is affecting the market. Some of the um, recruiters told us that they're actually seeing more cancellations by therapists than they are by facilities. And I think it's there's a few things. There's some therapists that are getting more worried about COVID. And so they're like, I'm out. Like, I'm starting to see more COVID cases. I'm starting to see more PPE requirements. I'm going to get out of here. Um, so unfortunately, we have heard a little bit of that. Now, something else that's happening is we've actually heard a little bit of some facilities, some hospital systems, some um, skilled nursing systems, like I think Genesis was one. Genesis might do home health too. Um, are starting to require vaccinations for their staff. And in some cases, this is causing them to have to fire or cancel, or maybe they will have to fire or cancel in the future, therapists that aren't willing to get vaccinated, or there are some therapists that will cancel or not take those contracts because they're not willing to get vaccinated. Which this brings up the, the point of vaccination. Um, yeah, more and more hospital systems and facilities and everything are going to require this of healthcare workers. Whether or not that's the right thing to do, uh, you know, there's debate about that, uh, but it's going to happen. We're seeing it already. Um, so as an unvaccinated traveler, 
you're going to run into issues. Uh, if not now, in the in the, the near future. As a vaccinated traveler, on the other hand, you're not going to run into issues and you, you'll have a much better job market because some permanent staff are choosing to leave their jobs instead of having to get vaccinated, which means they need to bring someone in that is vaccinated. Um, so there's going to be a bigger market for vaccinated travelers than unvaccinated travelers. Um, and that's that's happening now and it's going to continue that yeah. way. Yeah. And again, I mean, everyone is entitled to their own opinions on all these things. We're just bringing you the facts of like what we're hearing is happening and or might happen. Um, with that said as well, we did hear um, from one recruiter that was talking about there are certain circumstances where if that becomes an issue for you guys, if you're someone who has chosen not to get vaccinated for one reason or another, there are certain exemptions with certain companies um, like medical exemptions or religious exemptions. So if you find yourself in that camp where you have chosen not to get vaccinated and you're worried about your job security because of that, you can look in to see if your reasoning qualifies for any of those exemptions. And, and keep in mind, all of this stuff is kind of up in the air. Um, these, these systems are just, especially big hospital systems, they're just making up things on the fly. They don't know what's going to happen. There's going to be a lot of lawsuits here um, from therapists suing companies, from companies maybe suing therapists. There's going to be a lot that happens with all this, but the, the market is going to be a lot easier if you're a vaccinated traveler. Yeah. Um, as far as other things with how COVID is affecting the job market so far, None of our recruiters said that they've seen any impacts because of the new Delta variant or any um, like decreases in elective surgeries, any increase in cancellations, any decrease in staffing needs. If anything, they're only seeing increase in staffing needs. And most of them are projecting that they don't really think that it is going to have as big of an impact this time. Um, they're thinking, you know, there might just be increased PPE requirements, um, you know, maybe some states coming back with the mask mandates, coming back with um, limiting social gatherings. But we're hopeful, and most of the recruiters seem to be hopeful, that it's not going to affect staffing the way that it did the first time, especially with such a large percentage of the population being vaccinated. Yeah. Um, so I know that's a huge concern for a lot of you guys. Like, we've mentored a lot of people that are like, um, yeah, things are really great right now, but what about in three months? Like, what about when the fall comes, right? Yeah, and, and that's such a hard thing. There's no way to know exactly what's gonna happen, but, um Pretty much all the companies we talk to um, and our own feelings is that the lockdowns, if there are lockdowns, they're going to be much more minimal than they were before because vaccination is so widespread, especially among older patients. Most older people are vaccinated and most healthcare workers are vaccinated. So, um, you know, it is spreading between vaccinated, of course, but the, uh, you know, the risk is much lower than, than what it was at the very beginning of COVID when no one knew anything about what was going on. No one's vaccinated. Um, so we don't anticipate that. But... That being said, in Hawaii, the rumor going around here right now is that they are going to be canceling elective surgeries because the hospitals are full. So we could see something like that where elective surgeries start getting canceled, which would mean the census is lower in outpatient skilled nursing, acute care, which could lead to a, you know, a decrease in the job market. But chances are it's not going to be anything like it was beginning of 2020. Yeah, because, I mean, during 2020, if you guys were around then and paying attention, I mean, staffing went to like zero. Like yeah. we're going to go over some of the job numbers here in a minute. But there was a time, like a normal amount of, of PT um, travel jobs nationwide would be like in the 300s. There was a time where there was less than 50. Yeah. And like I said, with assistance, there was a time where there were zero jobs. And so I don't think we'll see anything that dramatic. You might see some increase in cancellations here and there. We did also hear that there's some facilities that are like 
preparing with what they're calling like a COVID clause in the contracts. So if you guys are signing any travel therapy contracts coming up soon, keep an eye out for that. Not all facilities, but we heard about one that was like, they're gonna put a COVID clause in there that says, you know, if at some point, you know, things change because of COVID, we can implement um, a change in your guaranteed hours where we don't have to guarantee you the hours, but they would have to give you like a two week notice before implementing that change, I guess, to give you the opportunity to just quit the contract if you if you wanted to, or if you were willing to stay on with the lower hours, but keep an eye out for some wording like that in your contracts, but hopefully it won't be like this major, everybody gets laid off all at once type of thing. We really don't anticipate that. And from everything we're hearing across multiple companies, they don't anticipate that either. Yeah. Um, yeah. It looks like it'll be state by state. If that does happen, it's not going to be a national thing. Um, so the job security is definitely better now than it was earlier in the pandemic, even though there's obviously some uncertainty right now. Yeah. So we'll get into some more like a summary. Um, let's go over just a few of the job numbers that we're hearing. Again, we hear different ranges depending on the staffing company. Some of them track these numbers slightly differently, but um, we'll say during normal times, PT, OT, and SLP jobs were usually in the 200 to 500 range with like a 300, 400 being about average. So if you went to your recruiter and you said, I'm willing to take a PT job anywhere in the country, how many jobs do you have available in the whole country? It'd be like you know, 200 to 500, right? And then CODA and PTA would be a little lower than that, maybe 100 to 200. Yeah. Again, there was a time where PT, OT, and SLP during the height of COVID was like 50 or less, not so much SLP, especially PT and OT. And then there were like zero PT and CODA jobs. So with that said, the current numbers. Yeah, so for PT right now, um, you know, there's a wide variation here. Most companies are saying in terms of new jobs per week, somewhere in the 400 to 450 range. Uh, but in terms of open jobs at any given time, um, depending on the company, they're saying anywhere between 900 and 1,000 jobs. And if you go on some of the company job boards right now and you search for just open PT jobs anywhere, there are some that are saying 900 or 1,000 open jobs, which is insane that's yeah. that's crazy that's more than we've ever seen literally insane um yeah i think so i think we read this a little bit backwards so most of the companies are saying they're getting about 100 or 150 new pt orders per week but what's happening is more of these jobs are just sitting open like it used to be if they get 10 new job orders 10 of them close because they're taken like that well now they're getting you know 150 new ones each week but all the ones from last week are still open and all the ones from the week before are still open so some companies are saying in the four to 500 range, but some are saying in the 900 to 1,000 range, yeah. which is like just absolutely insane. Yeah, and again, all these numbers, the variation, a lot of it depends on the size of the company, how many connections they have with individual facilities, and also what connections they have with uh, vendor management systems and things like that. Yep. So for OT, um, new jobs per week between 30 to 80 was kind of the range that we were hearing. And then sitting open, about 150 was like an average, but then some of them said upwards of 400, which would be really great if, if they're having 400 open OT jobs, because OT was struggling there for a little bit, but still you can see 400 compared to 900, still not quite as high as the demand for PT. Yep. For SLP, um, new weekly orders somewhere in the 50 to 100 range. Uh, and then open jobs somewhere between 100 and 200, um, some are saying around 350. So uh, anywhere between 100 and 350, that really hasn't changed that much. That, that has been pretty consistent all through COVID, um, through the PDPM, PDGM, like SLP has been really solid, really steady the whole time, uh, not much variation. Yeah, but I just can't believe those PT numbers because for a while there, us PTs and OTs and everybody was struggling, but now PT is just soaring ahead. So this is the best time for travel PTs, honestly. Yeah. 
Um, for our PTA and CODA friends, we're still seeing between one to 15 new jobs per week across the companies. Some of them are saying they have upwards of 50 to 100 open CODA jobs and 80 to 200 open PTA jobs. So again, not quite up there with the other ones, but I would say better than it has been all since yeah. 20, the end of 2019. Yeah. It's probably the best it has been. Definitely getting a lot better. So with that said, if you're a PTA or CODA, it's still not um, a great job market for you, but if you're willing to be open to different settings, if you're willing to have a few state licenses, you can definitely travel as a PTA or CODA, but we don't usually recommend that new grad PTAs and CODAs travel. Why? Because of the high competition. If you've got a ton, just like we were talking about before, if you've got not that many open PTA jobs or not that many open CODA jobs and a ton of applicants for them that are experienced, you're always going to get beat out. And as a new grad, it's so important to get consistent back-to-back -back experience. You don't want to take one travel job and then never find another one after that for six months and then have this big gap in your resume. So if the job market's not good for your discipline, it's not a good time to jump in. As a new grad, you should get six months or a year experience before jumping in as a new grad PTA or CODA. Um, Jennifer says, at what point do you stop being considered a new grad? I yeah. would say if, if you already have six months or a year experience and you already have like that solid foundation in your clinical skills and your um, resume, then you, know, you might be more willing to take that risk to jump into the travel therapy market, but you really need to have um, experience at least in skilled nursing. It would help if you had like a PRN job in home health to have a little bit of variety on your resume because uh, skilled nursing and home health are the two most common you're gonna see for CODA and BTA. Sometimes CODA, there will be like school or peds jobs too. Um, but definitely sniff and home health. This is going to make you more marketable and also be willing to have like more than one state license so you can go where the jobs are. Um, otherwise, you're just going to be sitting around. If you like, we heard you know from some PTAs that are like, I only want you know this city and this state, and it's like, well, then you want a permanent job. You don't want a travel job because you're not only going to find a travel job in that city and that state. Yeah, yeah. In terms of when are you no longer a new grad, I would say probably six months um, on the low end. Everyone's going to have a different opinion, obviously. What really matters is the hiring manager and how they feel about it. So probably six months to a year is probably when you probably start to feel more confident and people don't look at you as a new grad anymore. Um, yeah. I would say at least get that amount of experience. Yeah. Now our new grad PTs, this is an amazing time for new grad PTs. We are just seeing an abundance of PT jobs. So you're not going to have that same problem as a new grad PT because there's just going to be a ton of jobs for you to choose from and you can ensure that you're going to have back-to-back-to-back -back -back contracts which is going to increase your clinical experience as well as um, boost your resume and you know um, help you with your student loan payments and your other bills and things because you don't want to have that job inconsistency and that paycheck inconsistency as a new grad when you have no money, right? Um, so for PT new grads, we would say go for it. Um, if you are being a little bit picky, it can be hard. Like we still encourage you to try to be flexible on settings and locations. We do hear from some new grads that are like, well, my boyfriend or girlfriend lives in this one area and I really only want to do travel jobs around this area. You can try, I don't think there's anything wrong with trying in that situation to apply for some travel jobs, but also be applying for some perm jobs too in case travel doesn't work out after searching for four or six weeks. Yeah, and um, one question we got recently that I think is probably a good thing to cover. I know there's a lot of new grads in here. Um, someone was asking us, basically, they said, I want to work in this specific area. There's a job there. The recruiter said it pays 1600 a week. And they're saying, I want to make like 2000 a week. 
how do I get them to increase the pay? That's not going to happen. Like when we say that there's really high paying jobs, it's certain jobs. It's not like uh, you pick any job you want and they're going to pay you that amount of money. So keep that in mind. It's not that you're going to be able to negotiate a huge increase over what the listed pay rate is. It's more that if you look and you're, if you're open to anywhere, there's a ton of really high paying jobs if you're willing to go to their job, those jobs, if that makes sense. Like they might be able to negotiate some, but if, if a, uh, if a recruiter says 1600 is the, the pay and then they're suddenly willing to go up to 2000 that means that they were lying to you about the original pay and you don't want to work with that type of person. So you want to look at jobs that are already listed um, high if you want to make a lot of money. Now, one thing that is important to note for new grads, we think, uh, and especially with the experience we had traveling as new grads, it is way more important to get a good clinical experience for your first one or two contracts than it is to make the absolute highest pay. Now, I know every new grad, me included, wants to make as much money as possible, but it is way better. Like, say you want to work outpatient, I would 1,000 times, as a new grad and as a current traveler now, take a job paying 1,600 a week, seeing eight patients a day, than take a job paying 2,000, seeing 20 patients a day. I would take that any day of the week. So just keep that in mind. When you're, when you're looking at these really high paying jobs and some jobs that don't pay as high, take into account the clinical environment in those jobs. And as a new grad, that is very important. It's good to get solid clinical experience, um, and to be able to get mentorship, learn uh, from other therapists, have other people in the clinic, that is really important and probably your main priority as a new grad. Yeah, you really need that foundation as a new grad. And we think you can get it as a traveler because there's a lot of naysayers out there that are like, just don't travel as a new grad, period. You're not gonna get good mentorship. You're not gonna get experience, good experience. We've always been travelers. We've never held a permanent job. We started right away as new grads and we feel like we built a great clinical foundation, but you have to ask the right questions in your interview. You have to make sure it's a good fit for you. So don't just get um, you know, blind, blinded by the money and be yeah. like, wow, this job is paying $2,000 a week. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna make so much money. I'm gonna pay off all my debts. This is gonna be great. But it's an off, what if it's an awful job? You have to ask the right questions yeah. in the interview and you have to know yourself too to know whether traveling as a new grad is right for you. Yep. But in terms of this job market update, in terms of the stability of it, I think that the person who is a new grad who's wondering if it's the right time or not and what's the future of travel going to hold, I don't think there's anything wrong with you wanting to take at least one travel job right now. Because what's going to happen is if you're a new grad and you have no other, you know, no other work history yet, um, you don't have a job that you have to leave. Like you're just graduating and you can take your first job as a travel job. And then say in three months, something does change with the market or you're having trouble finding your next job. You could always go back home and take a permanent job. Or you hate travel, job. that's always or you, option. Or you don't have a good experience. Yeah, you could always go back and take a, a permanent job. Same thing yeah. if you take two contracts or you take three contracts or four, you can always go back home and take a permanent job. I know it's a little more tricky for our friends that are watching that are in a permanent stable job and you guys are thinking about, okay, what if I want to take the leap into travel right now? And that's going to involve me quitting my permanent job, putting in my notice, um, figuring out my tax home situation, you know, really like committing to this lifestyle. I know that can be a little bit scarier to get into, but of the last like year and a half or so, this is definitely the best time to do that. And we're feeling really confident about the job market moving forward yeah. from this point. Yeah, we're hearing from a lot of permanent therapists that are looking at the our jobs list and they're saying like, there's a job an hour away from where I live that I could take as a traveler that's paying over double what I'm making as a permanent therapist. Should I take that job? And if I do take that job, is it worth risking lose, leaving this job that I've been at for six years? And you know, that's always gonna be an individual decision. You're never gonna have the stability as a traveler that you do as a permanent therapist, but making double the, the money is, is a, uh, you know, worth some risk. Um, and so 
no one knows what the future is going to be like, but if you're in that situation, obviously consider your family situation and all that. Um, think about those factors. But now is probably the, the best time that it's been since the end of 2019 to take that leap. Definitely. Um, something else to think about in terms of like, is this just a phase, right? Like, is it just that there's a surge of travel jobs right now and then it's not going to be this good moving forward? Something else that we were hearing from some recruiters, just speculation on why the staffing is the way it is right now, because we're seeing a ton of openings, like even in outpatient and things where for a while there were no outpatient jobs. What we're projecting happened uh, with staffing, so say there were therapists across the board, all the permanent therapists out there, all the travel therapists out there, and then all the jobs went away. Well, all those therapists had to go and do something, right? Like a lot of people sat at home, didn't work, went on an unemployment. Well, guess what else happened? Some of the permanent therapists that were maybe close to retirement just went ahead and retired. You know, they were like close to retiring and they were like, ah, forget all this COVID stuff. I got laid off anyway, or things are really bad. I'm just gonna retire. So we've had a significant number of people drop out of the workforce that just retired. Not even just retired people. I know at least three therapists that were relative new grads that left PT to do other things like mm -hmm. uh, real estate or something like that. Yep, so we had people that retired and dropped out of the therapist workforce. We had people that switched roles to like non-clinical, they're going and selling insurance now, they're going and doing real estate, they're doing other things. They dropped out. We had people that switched settings. A lot of people, they got laid off and furloughed from outpatient, now they're working in skilled nursing and hospitals and they're just you know pursuing different roles and different opportunities which leaves an opening for a lot of us to come in there not just you know travelers but permanent jobs too so we actually think that this is going to be um, a good opening for travelers not just in the immediate term but in the you know in the future too there's yep. just a lot of job openings out there and I don't see it changing um, like it's not gonna change at the drop of the hat I think this is a good six months plus yep. so um, all of that to say, we think it's a really good time to get into traveling. We think there's a lot of positives right now for those of you guys that have been hesitant. We also think there's a lot of positives for people who have been travelers already. Maybe you guys stuck it out through COVID. You took those crappy low paying jobs. You, you know, extended at your, at your current job. We know some people that extended for like a year just to ride out COVID. Well, things are better now. And now you can go back to being more picky on setting. You can go back to being more picky on pay. You can snag those 2000 plus jobs. We may or may not work the rest of the year, but Jared just said to me yesterday, hey, if a lot of these high paying jobs uh, stick around, we should we should jump on some of them and work even though we weren't planning on working. Yeah, just to take them. about it. Um, our next assignment uh, will probably be Alaska. We've been talking about that. So keeping an eye out for Alaska jobs, probably not going into the winter, but uh, spring, summer could be a really cool time to but go. But like I said, we, like we weren't talking, we were talking about not working through the end of this year, but if suddenly there's like a crisis job, which by the way, we haven't really heard anything about therapist crisis jobs. We have heard some nursing crisis jobs popping up. Um, but you know, if we see one of these 2000 plus a week contracts, we might, we might be like, hmm, we could work for a couple months. Yep. We'll see. Um, but yeah, with that said, we think it's a really good time to get into the job market and hopefully this gives you guys a little bit more confidence about what's happening and um, hopefully some of these things that we talked about fits you and your specific scenario. Yep. Um, if you have questions, put them in the comments. We're going to go through the questions now. If you want to ask us something about your scenario or your situation. Or comments about the market. If you're a traveler, what have you been seeing? Um, you've seen all these high paying jobs as well, getting excited. Um, if you guys got value from this video, please like the video, leave us a comment. Uh, we really appreciate it. Oh, hey, Nick. How's it going? Nick says, come travel with me in California. 
You know, Nick, we used to think we were going to go to California, but I don't know. We just don't want to well, get the license. Yeah, if they joined the compact, we would go to California. But are they ever going to join the compact? Probably, Probably not. not. Um, the Hawaii license was a hassle enough. For those of you guys that didn't know, my Hawaii license took nine months yeah, to get. Yeah, it was a saga. It was absurd. And so in the future now, if I want to get any more state licenses, not only did it, was it slow to get this one, but they're going to be slow to verify to send to other states. So I'm going to be very selective about any future state licenses. Like probably Alaska is one of the only ones we'll get that's not in the compact. Yep. Forrest says, thank you for the update, Travel Wizards. I, I appreciate that. I like that. Thanks, Forrest. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, Thomas says, my wife is a nurse. I'm trying to convince her to become a traveler so we can go to Alaska next summer. Man, Alaska jobs are insane. Like some of the some of the jobs there will pay sixteen hundred dollars a week, which you think, oh, that's not very high, but they provide you with a house and a car. Uh, so you're you're basically just pocketing sixteen hundred dollars a week besides your your tax home expenses um, and food. And Thomas, I think correct me if I'm wrong. I think you're a PT. So honestly, a PT and a nurse duo right now, you guys yeah. would be like you can go making bank, finding jobs anywhere. I know um, Peru had asked a question a little further up. Um, I'll just go ahead and answer it. She asked, "How is the job market looking for for PT pair? For a PT pair? Oh my gosh! Like you guys it's should really, be." Really good having really good luck again you have to as a pair like be a little bit more open to a couple different states your recruiters should work well with you to tell you like where they're seeing pair jobs um so sometimes you have to be a little bit more flexible but now is probably the best time for a pt pair yeah. that has been in years we get a lot of questions about how our experience was traveling as a pair if we found jobs together all that our experience um we you know we've traveled back-to-back contracts for three straight years uh and we we had a really really good experience finding two jobs together um Part of that was because we were pretty selective about where we applied for state licenses, mostly looking for places that had a lot of jobs, a lot of outpatient jobs. Um, but that all being said, now is a better time to travel as a pair than, than we were traveling back then. Um, gosh, so many questions, guys. Thanks for all the questions. Jenny says, have y'all heard anything about when SLPs will get the compact together? So check out the website. They have the SLP compact is moving along. I don't know all the details, but they actually have like a full website with a map of all the compact states. So I think it's really close, yeah. a lot closer than the OT compact. Yeah, OT is still several years away, it looks like. Um, SLP looks like it could be enacted pretty soon. Yeah, so check that out. But, oh. but enacted meaning that there's like 10 or 15 states that are in it, Not obviously not all states. That reminds me, I forgot to talk about, so we talked about um, new grads for assistance. We talked about new grads for PTs. New grad OTs that want to travel, um, not a bad time, but definitely you're still going to have to be more flexible and have multiple state licenses and be open to more settings because the OT job market is not quite as strong. SLP new grads, aka those of you that are in your clinical fellowship year, we have gotten contacted by a few SLP CFs lately. Unfortunately, we're not seeing a ton of jobs out there open to SLP CFs. Um, we do work with a couple companies that do a lot of school staffing. So if you're willing to take a school job as an SLP CF, um, most SLPs would recommend, um, having spoken to some experienced SLPs, they recommend if you're going to do your CF year, um, your clinical fellowship year as a traveler, it's best to do it in a school anyway, because you're gonna have that stability, get all of your supervision hours in that nine month period at a school contract. And then if you wanna get into medical traveling, do it after. But unfortunately, we're still not seeing a ton of jobs accepting the CS. Yep. Steven is a new grad OT. He says uh, he's there in California. His first assignment, it's great. I'm listening while sitting on the beach on my day off. That sounds pretty good. That's awesome, Steven. <laughs> uh, did they get that pay issue worked out for you, Steven? Yeah, let us know, but that's awesome you're at the beach. Um, Nick says you don't have to send verification to California anymore, so that should be, uh -oh. that makes it a lot quicker. Yeah, I still don't know about the California license thing. 
All right. Um, Catherine says, thanks so much for all your helpful info. Is the travel boom mitigated by being a new grad in specific settings? I'm a new OT grad. I have three months of acute rehab field work experience, but I have been denied by numerous inpatient acute facilities because they still want one to two experiences. Um, one to two years of experience. Yeah, my recruiter says it's easier to get into SNF or school. I'm unsure whether I should do that or keep trying. So there are still some facilities, um, some settings that are really picky about experience, and acute is always one of them. Yeah, well, I'm pretty sure, isn't Stephen, isn't he working acute? Um, yeah, Stephen, chime in on that. I think Stephen's a new grad OT that got into an acute job, but a lot of them are really picky. And so what we found is it's usually easiest to get your foot in the door because it's like, how do I get experience without having experience, right? Um, usually easiest to get your foot in the door in a rural um, outpatient, I mean rural hospital. So if you can find a rural hospital that's willing to take you without experience as a new grad, that'll give you like six months or so of experience. Or you might be willing to, like your recruiter said, do a sniff first and get six months of experience in a sniff. And then once you have that, then maybe they'll be more willing to take you at an acute care. Yep. Uh, Nick says, my clinical skills may be lacking, but my clownish charm keeps the patients coming. I kind of feel the same about me. I know I'm not the best clinician, but I do make patients laugh a lot, <laughs> and they like that. Jennifer says, I don't feel super strong in my clinical skills, but I certainly learned how to be flexible as a new grad. Um, well, you know, there's some benefits to that, too, because that's a lot of what being a traveler is. But you yeah. definitely have to, again, ask the right questions in your job interviews to be able to find a job that's going to allow you to build those clinical skills. Um, and she says, I did about eight months of PRN at a SNF and a hospital before jumping into this contract. So yeah. I, think, I think that's good. Yeah, good experience to have. Um, All right, more questions here. Oh, we already uh, answered that one. Okay. Um, Thomas says, I'm so thankful to be working in Vermont right now. We have the highest vaccination rate in the world, and I haven't come across a COVID-positive patient since March. Wow. Yeah, that's really awesome. I mean, so many states right now are uh, seeing surges, um, Hawaii being one of them. They're, Hawaii right now is at their highest numbers ever, which uh, a lot of the locals here are, are freaking out because, for example, Maui, I, I don't know this to be the case. This is what I heard from an Uber driver, but he seemed like a knowledgeable Uber driver. He said there's only uh, six ICU beds on all of Maui. So, you know, that doesn't leave much room for error in a, in a COVID surge. One of our recruiters also said some hot spots that she was hearing for COVID patients were Texas, Louisiana, and Florida. So yeah. I don't know for sure, but we'll see, guys. Um, Jennifer says, I'm a little bit nervous about going for a second contract with the fear of another lockdown. It's definitely um, something to consider. And I think, unfortunately, in your case, assistants are probably more likely to get canceled. Why? Because facilities can operate without assistance, but they cannot operate without evaluating therapists. So PTs, OTs, and SLPs have more job security because most times the facility absolutely has to have an evaluating therapist where they don't absolutely have to have an assistant. So there is more volatility, I think, in being an assistant traveler, unfortunately. Uh, Molly says, how can we make ourselves as new grads more marketable? Uh, good question. There's so much that goes into this, Molly. Um, it's a good question. I think... It's hard because you've already graduated, probably. You probably already had your clinicals. If you asked me this question a couple of years ago when you had the opportunity to choose your clinicals, I think choosing your clinicals um, where you have a variety of settings is really helpful. Um, once you've already you know, 
gotten through all that, you've already passed and graduated, and now you want advice. Um, there's not much you can do to change. Um, try to be, you know, confident in your um, in your interview. I think the other thing is just being the which jobs you're applying to, like being selective about which jobs you're applying to. Like I was mentioning to someone else um, a little while ago, rural contracts are going to be way more likely to take you without experience. And I know you look at it and you're like. Well, I have clinical experience, like clinical internship experience, but these facilities consider like actual working years experience. So if you're willing to go to a more rural place to get your foot in the door and get three to six months of experience first, then you'll be more competitive for the other jobs. And one other thing is managers, if you have something to talk about, so we've done a lot of interviews now, they say like, well, do you have experience here? And they're like asking, if you don't have experience there, but you can like point to other things that you have done, sometimes they... Um, it sways them if they're on the fence. So something like taking CEUs in the uh, courses in the setting, like specific to the setting that you're applying for. So for example, if you're applying for outpatient jobs and you take a 20 CEU course on the on evaluation and treatment of low back pain, and you can point to that and be like, well, you know, I haven't worked a ton in outpatient, but you know, I'm, I feel pretty comf- confident um, treating back pain. I did this course, it was really informative, um, you know, it really helped with my confidence, those kind of things, that's what managers wanna hear. So um, if you can take some CEU courses and the setting that you're looking for, that can be helpful. Or if you could mention something during your internships, like even if it was in a different setting, like if you worked really well with an interdisciplinary team at a skilled nursing facility and you're applying for an acute care job where working with an interdisciplinary team there is gonna be important if you could highlight some of those skills um, if you worked in a fast-paced outpatient environment and you can highlight some of your um, efficiency with documentation and that kind of thing, those types of um, talking points will help. What advice would you give to new grads on their first assignment? By far, the biggest advice is ask all the right questions in the interview. Uh, we have a list on our website um, of questions to ask. I think it's like it's one of the articles, one of the first articles. Yeah, she'll link to it. But basically, ask all the questions. Make sure it's a good fit for you. Right now, there's a ton of jobs. Don't just jump into a job, uh, one, because of high pay, two, because of pressure from a recruiter, something like that. Make sure you ask all the right questions. You make sure it's a good fit for you. Go into the job um, confident that you're going to grow and you're going to learn in that first assignment. Because so many travelers take their first job. They don't ask a lot of questions in an interview. They get there. They're struggling. They hate it. uh, And they have a bad experience. And if you have a bad experience on your first assignment, that kind of taints your experience as a traveler. A lot of people just stop after that. So that's the big thing. Ask the right questions. Make sure you get an assignment that works well for you. Make sure there's another person of your same discipline there. Yeah, and if you have to wait for a few weeks, um, you know, say there's a job that doesn't sound great that starts on the date you want to start, and there's a job that does sound great that starts two weeks later, take that other job. Uh, Take the one that's going to give you a better experience. Yep. All right, let me see if there's any other questions, guys. Thanks for all the great questions. All right. Let's see here. Uh, Nick said that uh, one of the companies had over a thousand PT jobs listed. Yeah, we've heard that from some of them, which is just insane. That's like literally double than May. Um, okay, and some of you guys told us whether you were new grads or current therapists. Thank you guys for all the comments. Let me see if there's any lingering questions before we wrap up, y'all. All right. Something. Okay. 
Um, Steven, regarding his current job as a new grad OT, says, I was in the right place at the right time. The rehab manager needed somebody ASAP. And I also have six state licenses as a new grad. Wow, you oh. were super proactive. Um, and I know Steven took our course as well, and we had a one-on-one -on -one mentorship call with Steven. So you've been super proactive and on top of it. And that really helps Steven. So yeah. that's awesome. Uh, Brianna says, have you heard of facilities requiring telehealth? There are some that require it. Uh, it's, it's very dependent on, on the place. Um, you can ask that kind of question in the interview. Some people aren't comfortable with that. Um, I know that if I had to do telehealth evals and stuff, I would be pretty lost. Um, so yeah, there are some places that are requiring it right now, but it seems to be less than during the, the height of COVID. All right, guys. Uh, Patrick says, do you all foresee the market decreasing or even God forbid tanking like it did last year if the COVID Delta variant cases don't improve? Yeah, uh, so we, we hit on this a little bit earlier, but I would say there probably are going to be statewide lockdowns, um, not lockdowns like prior um, during the, you know, the worst of COVID when no one knew what this virus was, how, how deadly it was going to be. Um, I think there will be specific areas where they see a massive rise in cases, their hospitals fill up, they'll probably cut elective surgeries or limit, um, you know, curfews, those kind of things. But I do not think that'll be a nationwide thing. Obviously, we don't know that much more than you guys do about this stuff. Um, that's just my gut feeling. Uh, I do not think it'll be a nationwide thing. It'll probably be either locality dependent or state dependent. So there'll probably still be travel jobs out there. It just, you know, might be more limited in the, the hot spots. Yeah, we don't see it um, tanking like it did before. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, Molly wants to know how long more or less does it take to get licensed in another state? Every state is totally different, Molly. It can be as little as two days and as much as nine months like Whitney's wife's license was. And um, there's outlying, outlier cases for every state like hers. Normally Hawaii takes like, I don't know, two months, maybe three months, but hers took nine months. So you just really never know. A lot of it depends on how many other state licenses you have. That always makes it harder because you have to verify more states. Um, but it really depends on the state. Sean says, I'm sorry, I'm new here. How does the health insurance work? So Sean, we actually just did a video a couple weeks ago all about health insurance. So I can link to that right when we get done with this, but go back and watch that video. It'll answer all your health insurance yeah. questions. All right, guys, um, I think we're gonna wrap up here. If there's any lingering questions that you guys have, um, let us know. We will always go back and answer these questions at the end. Like we'll go back and answer them. Even if you uh, have questions during the replay, we'll answer them in the comments for you guys. So yep. thanks so much for tuning in. This was, um, you guys were super active tonight. Tons of questions. Hopefully we answered all of your questions. Hopefully this gave you some insight onto what, as to whether like now is a good time for you and your personal situation to get into travel therapy or to continue travel therapy or not. Yeah, and some of you guys that are, that just found this, this uh, video, don't know anything about us, um, any question that you have, if you go to our website, we have a ton of articles on there. We've got almost 100 articles, almost anything possible, any question you could possibly have travel therapy related, we probably have an article on it. So, um, you know, if you have any lingering questions, check that out. You can probably find your answer on the website as well. Yep, our website is TravelTherapyMentor.com. Um, we do Facebook Live videos every couple weeks on our Facebook page, Travel Therapy Mentor. Um, we also put out a lot of content on our Instagram page, at Travel Therapy Mentor. But yeah, hopefully we can answer your questions. Um, we also have an online course that goes over everything from A to Z that you guys might be wondering about. For those of you guys that are brand new to Travel Therapy, if you don't know anything, um, our course is a really great way to just figure it all out. We just teach you everything from how does it work, how does the insurance work, how does the pay work, how does it work to work with recruiters, 
finding contracts, negotiating contracts. We teach you all that stuff. So again, check that out on our website at TravelTheRemintro.com. Yeah. Last thing, uh, the Instagram, we just hit 12,000 followers. So we're going to be doing a giveaway probably in the next couple of weeks. So if you're not following us there, check that out. Um, should be a pretty pretty good giveaway. Yeah. So we're going to go finish our vacation in Hawaii in the next couple of weeks. So stay tuned on our Instagram page for all the pictures of our Hawaii travels. And then after that, we are going to be going on a road trip. So just lots of fun travels and pictures to come and we'll keep bringing you guys some more education and information and um i don't know when we're going to do another job market update we were doing them every month but we've been doing them kind of like every other month we'll probably wait until the fall to see if anything changes with the job market but as long as it continues to be amazing just we'll mention it on our instagram yeah. every now and then for this no news is good news so yes. uh if it, if it doesn't get worse we, we probably won't make videos about it as often all right guys well thanks for joining and let us know if you have any questions and have a good night yep take care